0: Data security and privacy programs involve technology, people, processes, and policies. Data governance plans help bring all these important elements together. But sometimes organizations are weak in their governance programs, making those entities vulnerable to internal and external threats and other risks. I'm Marian Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Attorney Ron Rayther, a partner at law firm Faruqi Ireland & Cox, and security expert Andrea Hoy, Chief Executive Officer at consulting firm A. Hoy & Associates. Ron and Andrea will be talking to us about how organizations can improve their data governance programs. Hi, Ron. Hi, Andrea. Good morning. Hi. Now, to start... What do you think healthcare organizations are doing right and doing wrong with data governance? Andrea, do you want to start?
1: Sure, Marianne. I think the healthcare industry is is doing a fairly decent job of embracing the policies and procedures to handle many of the very visible known exposures of privacy data. They're building security into their infrastructure, and it's coming along. But I think where they're constrained is mainly because of a lot of legacy applications and systems that are used. In healthcare. And it makes it difficult to upgrade the security because they're always faced with the question well, will this break the application? Will this cause a person to have their hot monitoring system will no longer report to the nursing station? I think that's where they have complications in execution. Ron, what do you see?
2: I agree with Andrea. The interesting thing from a governance perspective, when looking at data compliance and security regimes, it's a matter of finding the balance between technology. Uh, personnel, and good governance structure, i.e. accountability and empowerment. And with hospital and uh, healthcare institutions in particular, uh, finding the proper balance can be particularly difficult. So in a normal business, you're trying to balance information technology along with with business uh, requirements. Uh, So business wants that technology to work for them. In healthcare, you've added the Additional complexity of healthcare, physicians, nurses, personnel, and obviously the stakes uh, that are in play, i.e. someone's health, lively well-being, and uh, life. And trying to find that balance of accountability and empowerment, especially in a healthcare environment, can be particularly tricky, especially since information technology can often be seen as an infrastructure component, sort of equivalent to some people thinking it's, it's no different than making my phone ring or making my computer work, when in reality I think information security takes up a, a much higher calling in these uh, institutions uh, because of the fact that my personal health care information, my health history, and keeping that private and secure uh, is of great importance, especially given the negative consequences that can result uh, if a bad guy happens to get a hold of my a file or my insurance card and is able to change my personal uh, health record, uh, which in turn could create some very scary possibilities for the next time I go in for treatment uh, when my health record doesn't actually match, You know, for example, my blood type, and I get the wrong blood infused. So those things are what I'm seeing.
0: What are the risks of having a bed data governance program for healthcare entities and their patients?
1: You know if we look at what's been happening out there, I think one of the key areas of data governance that we're seeing, oh potential areas breach being taking advantage of it, and the common mistakes there is not paying attention to or getting involved early on with the right shareholders within the organization for when they onboard a new technology. Another area is ensuring that they've got some of the input from the shareholders of what exactly they're trying to accomplish when they're bringing on new technology so that they can wrap the governance items around that so they can improve the governance program. So, for instance, if you're bringing in a new technology, are you looking at how identity management is going to be provisioned for that, whether there's going to be capabilities to allow for data sharing to a vendor or a third party or subcontractor without providing access to other areas of the organization's network that shouldn't be made available to this subcontractor because it's not a part of what they really need to know going forward in, in the job that they're providing to the healthcare institution.
0: Ron, what do you see as the biggest risks of having a poor data governance program for healthcare entities?
2: Well, ultimately the healthcare entity's primary purpose is to provide quality healthcare, hopefully superior healthcare and improving the lifestyle of the patients. Technology is meant to help facilitate that even further um, by allowing physicians in possibly even different geographic areas to be able to communicate with each other. What I think a lot of institutions don't realize is that in order for the technology to work effectively with the clinical side of the hospital and integrate with the administrative side of uh, the hospital as well in other words that that part that gets everyone paid uh, and and interacts with the insurance company you know the critical link in all of that technology is not for it to just be able to meet uh, the basic functionality of being of allowing that communication but also to achieve security uh, sound security within that environment. The risk is that patient uh, treatment can be adversely affected. The nightmare scenario that we contemplated you know, 10, 15 years ago uh, has started to come into fruition, namely a uh, bad guy stealing uh, someone's insurance credentials, uh, using that to obtain treatment as if they were the insured. So, for example, Ronald Razor goes in and has a kidney removed Well, Ron Rather goes in later because he's not feeling well and because it wasn't actually me, it was the identity thief. The treating physician thinks I only have one kidney. Um, that's a nightmare scenario that obviously everyone wants to prevent. So effectively incorporating uh, information security into the infrastructure, empowering it, uh, creating accountability helps uh, alleviate those nightmare scenarios. I think to add
1: to what Ron just said, one of the interesting things is how do you get to know that information that that needs improvement for your governance program? And for instance, some of the times I think a lot of times what is overlooked is trying to figure out how to create business enablement through your information security program, through your governance program. So, for instance, you know when I sat on the board of advisors for a new identity and provisioning technology, one of the key things we targeted was for healthcare was. You now, how do we find a way to resolve the issue of a doctor, a nurse, a surgeon, a med tech all having to utilize the same PCR workstation, log on to multiple applications, still treat the patients in a timely manner, be able to walk away from that workstation and come back, yet secure it so that the medical records met HIPAA compliance? And that was a huge business enabler by reducing that amount of time spent just logging on and logging off of a workstation. So I think that's one of the key ways you can improve your governance program is to show where you're giving value back to the organization. As we all know, there's been a number of
0: mega breaches this year, ranging from Target and Home Depot to community health systems in the healthcare sector, which disclosed in August in an SEC filing that the entity had a hacker breach earlier in the summer, which affected 4.5 million individuals and the breach is believed to have been linked to the heart bleed flaw. So now when you hear about breaches like this, including the community health systems breach, what do you think went wrong with these organizations' data governance programs? What is this a sign of? Is there some weakness there that needs to be
1: attended to? I see two critical areas in which there could be improvement in the governance program in in the case of the community health systems. I see an area of patching for devices, Heartbleed for the specific device that was breached at their location. It was something where the vendor provided a fix in three days notification of the Heartbleed bug to the open SSL vulnerability. And so the... Ability to patch, the information they needed to patch, was available to them. However, that device did not get patched, and that was what allowed the perpetrators from China to get in there. The second area, though, is one of vulnerability management. I think the vulnerability management was inadequate. A review was done post what should have been mitigation, and they still found about 12,500 IP addresses associated with CHS, which had about 10 various bots and blacklisted uh, vulnerabilities, viruses, code that really shouldn't have been there and had probably been there for a while, like Configure and Zeus and Salady. I mean, these are bots. They're known for performing SQL injections and phishing scams and doing data exfiltration, and yet they were still present. And so if you look at this, this is something that really causes an issue for an organization not to have known that that was occurring. Plus, this also from a HIPAA privacy law, this causes some issues as far as with their Office of Civil Rights and their Health and Human Services offices. They really should have looked at what that might have caused for them. I mean, on the positive side, they at least had a liability insurance to cover attacks like this.
2: Um, so we've all uh, been in the position of being scrutinized uh, at, on Monday morning after the, the game happened on Sunday. Typical Monday morning quarterbacking, so we can certainly... Uh, understand the uh, pressures that community health systems was undergoing, but I think it is exemplary of some of the common issues that we've seen throughout clients, whether they're in healthcare or otherwise, that deal with these governance issues. So the first point, and Andrea touched on this, uh, it's the defense in depth issue. One of the particular interesting things with the healthcare industry, especially large uh, institutions are the number of gateways, the number of ways people can get in to the systems. So traditionally, we've always thought about perimeter security. You know, how do we let good people in and keep bad people out? Uh, when you're dealing with uh, five, six, seven people having to get into the system through the same device, uh, those perimeter security measures become more complicated. As a consequence, you have to start looking deeper into the system, looking for abnormal behavior, and then also making sure that what's of value doesn't necessarily get out of the system, egress rules. And I think that's a place where community health could have done a better job. On the governance side of things, we're always looking to improve governance to empower information security, but obviously doing so in a reasoned, balanced way so that business functionality, you know, actually being able to perform the business itself isn't hampered in a negative way. I think too frequently people see compliance or information security as the person that walks into the meeting with the black binder that constantly tells people what they can't do. Uh, and if you have a CISO or you have an information person responsible for information security that isn't integrated into the team that Seems to constantly be the no person. Then you have, a, I think, you have a problem with the gut, with the structure uh, of your organization and, and how you're working with compliance uh, and information security. Uh, you need to have that person integrated and in being part of the solution, offering solutions, just not telling people what they can't do. So getting to Andrea's point about the hardening, the updates, to me, that is a governance issue. If somebody should have been in the room, being able to find that proper balances. Uh, not affecting legacy systems with updates, but also making certain that the updates that were critical in order to prevent known threats like Heartbleed w- were implemented, uh, and were implemented in a way with Heartbleed, were implemented in a way that didn't affect uh, the functionality of the overall system.
0: When it comes to the Internet of Things, including wearable consumer health technologies such as the Apple Watch, how does that impact data governance programs? What sort of things should organizations be considering with the
1: explosion of these sorts of devices? The Internet of Things, I think, is still in its infancy. And just like any new technology, it's always the difficult decision of how do you get a happy medium of, of threat used against the vulnerability, what risk, and how much control is enough control versus usability, right? I mean, we've gone through this probably last five, six years, the BYOD issue, the mobility issue, consumerization, I think this is going to fall into play just like that did because it is more of a consumer tool in most cases is what we're seeing right now. So, you know, does it matter that we're seeing what somebody has on their Fitbit and how many steps are they taking? Well, you know, probably not if it's the average person, but if you cause an intentional distraction and you know the president's wearing a Fitbit and you hacked his and then you're finding out how many steps it is to the underground location in the White House at Camp David, then maybe it's a little more important because it's a little more sensitive. But you also have medical devices now. For instance, one of the things that they had on on TV in one of the episodes, how they manipulated an individual to sign on a specific bill by playing with his pacemaker, trying to basically give him a heart attack using control of the pacemaker? Could that happen? Highly possible. So I think that is where we're going to see a lot more risk in this area, and we're going to have to make determinations of how much control we want to put place on it and whether there's going to be regulations on these type of devices as far as requirements for security and encryption. What do you think, Ron?
2: Internet of Things is just a different manifestation of an issue that we continually see evolving based, and by that I mean pushing out the perimeter and adding the number of devices that are accessing this central system. So in other words, you have more doors in your perimeter walls. And so I think that one of the responses institutions need to consider is less emphasis on the perimeter. I'm not saying no emphasis on the perimeter, but maybe putting it in a different way, equal emphasis on the other components of information security rather than just focusing entirely on uh, perimeter security. Because the Internet of Things is just like cloud computing, just like BYOD. Uh, The consumers, the the people that are using our systems are going to demand that convenience. You know, with consumerization, the blur between work life and home life, uh, the fact that physicians wield a lot of power, in hospitals and institutions and and work long hours and want to find that balance and convenience, I think that remote connection, whether it's the the Internet of Things or otherwise, is going to continue to be uh, demanded and required. Uh, And so companies need to adjust accordingly and have their information security regimes reflect those realities. You know, the interesting thing that, that we've been talking about for a while is middleware threats or firmware threats. In other words, the people that are making the internet, you know, these uh, remote devices, these that have connection to our systems, um, they're embedding software in those devices. Are they also embedding malware that, for example, may not be malicious to the specific consumer, but could be implemented for IP theft reasons, you know, still somebody's IP? Those are all interesting questions that we're going to have to deal with, but governance uh, through third party, third party contracting regimes good due diligence, good vetting, good reviews. Um, you know Those things that were common in use, for example, is the cloud computing uh, in terms of third-party management are going to be just as critical, if not more critical, uh, when dealing with the Internet of Things.
0: Thank you both very much. I've been speaking to Attorney Ron Rayther and security expert Andrea Hoy. I'm Marian kobusak mcgee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.